0: I'm Kyle Dotson from the Rock Solid Podcast, and uh, if you liked Murray's episode, donate a dollar at murrayvalariano.com. Why can no one say your last name?
1: Because you're all idiots.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, this is Kyle Dotson from the Rock Solid
1: Podcast. If you like this episode of Road Stories, go to murrayvalariano.com and donate a dollar, or go to roadstories.tv and donate a dollar. Thank you, Kyle. You're welcome, Murray. (laughs) Everyone's going to be like, who the fuck is that?
0: You wanna know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers, waving guns, and fees, and fights, candle flights, running with the and runs, and black blacklists, bounce checks, great, a bachelorette,
2: drunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts like doing blow more missing merch, and drive and the, the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist your cell phone
0: is gone, one big law and order marathon. I hope you're still yeah. Serious. He, Anthony's the one who had to go to... He got campus. canned.
1: Yeah. Um, so he yeah. only
0: kept the hardcore racist element. <laughs> <laughs> not to so, vaguely somewhere in the middle.
1: So it's that $1, million dollars they're $1, saving $1, a year, you'd think $1, they'd $1, throw to $1, my $1, serious $1, XM show. show. <laughs> nope. nope. What? We don't have any money. What are you, you're saving a million dollars after you canned him. You can't throw a couple extra bones towards, towards <laughs> my show? <laughs> a, little, uh, a little sound check right here.
0: All right, check one, two. That's all of us. One, two, three, three, four, five, one.
1: Have you dropped that bike at all?
0: No. No. Really? No. I just, it was, uh, I've I've done it three different ways. So Mm -hmm. it started out just like a cruiser, black cruiser. Then I did, I put a fairing and bags on it, rode it that way for a while, didn't really like that, stripped it back down a regular Mm -hmm. cruiser. And then about two years ago, two or three years ago, this guy had these custom wheels for it, and he was like, Okay, you're the only guy I know who's gonna buy these wheels, so <laughs> I give you a deal for them. So I got the wheels. They're made of carbon fiber. Oh, nice. And um, once we did that, then my mechanic was like, you know, we should just redo the whole bike, make it like lower, sportier. And I was like, yeah, let's let's do it. So it's oh, pretty sweet. Yeah, it came out great. Came out great.
1: Sorry, I forgot I was I was recording music last night, so I have like the flanger on and stuff. <laughs> I got <like, laughs> playing music? Yeah, I was recording some tunes. I'm a talented person. Oh, look I don't you know if you know There's a guitar not. sitting right there. I don't know if you notice that or not. Yeah. But now I have to make sure I'm not don't have a chorus or echo pedal on here. Sorry, hold on. <laughs> like a floor. all right say that, I'm sorry. Say that again? Oh,
2: are we on this? Well, yeah, I want to hear. the... I don't want to uh, talk bad about you know where. Well, you don't play have to say
1: anything. what the play was. We're going to talk about it anyway. Why don't I just introduce? The, oh yeah, the thing? I, I got rid of the echo. I got rid of the uh, chorus effect I was using on my new song called "Death and Taxes."
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, look well, for it soon. Just reminded me of a bad road story. Oh, perfect. <laughs> All
1: right. Well, that's what I do. Uh, thanks for tuning in the Road Stories podcast, everybody. I'm your host Murray Valeriano, part of the All Things Comedy Network. What is happening? I'm so glad we're back to Southern California weather. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Boston and everybody listening on the East Coast, I right hear you're getting slammed, but uh, it's about 75 and I surfed today, and that was awesome. hmm got, got a nice uh, southern swell coming in, a couple overhead uh, sets of waves, so
0: I'm, I'm feeling pretty good today. Um, I'm we, in the valley, 83. Oof. It's hot. <laughs> I like to call people back east and say, Man, it's just it's just hot. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh
1: somebody said who said uh Are you can introduce our voices before Yeah, yeah.
2: No, yeah, I yeah. think we should do the whole thing. We just like Three a anonymous voices. Show. Yeah, a guess
1: show. who it is? I mean, don't read <laughs> the thing that's automatically downloaded to your iPad that says uh, it's Alonzo Bowden and Mike Siegel. I know. Well, all, you said those, don't to, Those
2: deep, dulcet tones are definitely Alonzo. I mean, this
1: might be the sexiest voiced podcast mm-hmm. I've done. I mean, yeah. I'm, well, I'm. Mike,
2: I'm a, you know slouch. It's very, very ba- white esque, those tones. <laughs> I'm
1: talking all three of us. I've got a little bit of a scratchy <laughs> voice today. Alonzo, you've got, you know, I've fell, fallen asleep to that voice several times. Mm. And okay, Mike. that was a little... Yeah, I don't know. On stage? <laughs> like, what, what do you say? Yeah, you do? I don't know. That...
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've not laughed to that voice. I've fallen asleep to that voice.
1: Mike, I brought you here to co-host, not fucking throw me under the bus. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm just trying to move it along. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Mike Siegel is uh, joining me today. Thanks for coming, Mike. I appreciate it. No, thanks for having me. Mike, uh, uh, right off a of Vegas trip. We'll talk about that in a minute. Mm -hmm. And uh, joining us, our our special guest today Is the very funny Alonzo Bowden Thank you so much for coming Thank you sir Um, Jordan Brady was on and wanted to bring you on uh, But couldn't do the timing right Yeah, because we uh, were trading emails And he's not here And then Jordan uh, said again, I'm like Oh, well, if he can't make it, maybe Alonzo can make it (laughs) So, uh, Thank you for coming I I, I appreciate anybody who accepts A a blind email Um, We've only met a handful of times, if not just once, I think. Um, yeah. We met at, at a, sadly, a uh, memorial for a manager at the Ice House who passed away last year. Two years ago?
0: Two years ago. And not just a manager, the greatest travel agent yes. in comedy. Uh, yes. Her name, who was this? Her name was Amy Bernard Herman.
2: All oh, right. Uh, yeah, okay.
0: Yeah, yeah. Amy had a company called Stand Up Travel. She had been a. Um, I guess she had worked at Omnipop for a while, mm-hmm. and then she was a manager at the Ice House. So she knew comics. She knew where we had to be and how we operate, and it was fantastic. You give Amy your your credit card and your date of birth and your frequent flyer numbers, <laughs> and she had it all on file. And yeah. then you're just like, Amy, I got to be in Boise, and then I got to be in Minneapolis. Is it possible to make it to this to do a one nighter in between that and and phenomenal I haven't even tried to replace her for what she did I said at her memorial I said that you know when Amy died all across the country there were uh, comics in airports wondering (laughs) where do we go (laughs) what do we do wait a minute
1: (laughs) how did she pass away Uh, She had the big C.
0: Oh. Yes. uh, And, you know, she
1: fought it quietly. Very quietly. I mean, I didn't know for a long time.
0: She literally did a ticket for me Friday before she passed away. She passed away on a Wednesday. She had done a ticket Friday. Oh, wow. Amy never, she didn't complain. She didn't, uh, you know, she she fought it on her own. Like, uh, I guess it was sad.
1: Yeah, I'm indebted to her. She was the. She's how I got into the ice house. She's how I went from an amateur to a professional because I got started in the side room when it was, uh, you know, like open mic and amateur and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And she liked what I did and she gave my tape to Elaine and Elaine got me in as the MC with Charlie Marco and then just kind of moved my way up from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amy was
1: forever in debt to her. Now Elaine won't book me at Brad Garrett's. What are you gonna do? <laughs> uh, so, speaking of Brad Garrett's, Siegel just got back from Vegas.
2: I did, yeah. So, and uh, Rich Voss was in the uh, Brad Garrett's room. Oh, okay. I didn't get
0: a chance to poke my head in there. I heard it's nice. Yeah, it's a beautiful room. Yeah, uh, I love that room. Um, and you know what else I love? They do one show.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's and the nice. reason
0: it's good, it's because I think Brad realized. You know, because he owns the room like it's his four wall. And I think he realized it's better to do one show that's full or three quarters full or something like that versus doing two shows that are half or less than half right. you know and uh I was talking Every to,
1: comedian has been saying that for the, since the economy took a shit 10 yes. years ago. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and the uh, uh I knew a new guy was playing over at the at the improv I believe and uh-huh. there was they cut down I think one show during the week mm-hmm. and then but they're still doing two on Friday two Saturday and he said the late show was like 35 people. Oh yeah. yeah. And that's a big room and that that's two big, big rooms. Yeah. One good show. Sometimes it look, you you got to tell club owners that it looks good to Turn people away. It yeah, makes yeah, people yeah. want right. to go. And, and if you're worried about, you know, charge more. Yeah, yeah. You know, then you can make more money and then has, still have a good show.
0: And the other thing is now in Vegas, every hotel has a comedy show. So, you know, it's 10 years ago you had the improv, which I never worked. But basically you had the Tropicana, you had comedy at the Tropicana, you had comedy at the improv, and you had the Riff. Right. Right. And catch, then there I would be like do. individual shows. Yeah, catch lasted for a minute. I the was going to say, yeah. But they did
2: the but, Excalibur, and then they were at the MGM, right. too. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: But now, every there's so many shows. That's the other reason you can't sell two shows, mm-hmm. right? Because you got the Laugh Factory at TROP. You got Brad Garrett's at the MGM. Sin City, which Sin you City, just did at Planet, Planet Hollywood. Hollywood. The it, Riv is still doing shows.
1: LA Comedy Club. LA Comedy Club. At Planet Hollywood, the yeah.
0: Improv. Yeah, the Improv. Did you say so. the Riv? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think there's one downtown
0: now. Yeah, oh, there's yeah. one downtown. There's, uh, there's a it's bonkers, like a, right? a bonkers or yeah. a comedy zone, one of those. <laughs> and there was And God bless the guys working down there. Oh yeah, man. because Ooh. you know how that is. <laughs> this is weird. We're going to give you $200 a week. <laughs>
2: You never know who's gonna come in the door. I hadn't worked Vegas in like nine, ten years. Right, man. Every night was a grab bag. You just never knew who was showing.
1: Audience wise, yes. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, absolutely. You didn't know if they were gonna be young, if they were Mm. gonna be older, if nothing. It was all over the board.
1: And they have those weird, uh, like like the turnaround nights. Like you'd mm-hmm. think Tuesdays would be awful, but they're actually really good because a lot of
0: people come in on Tuesday and they're fresh. Well, those are the conventions. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you get the convention people. I I used to do a bit about um, not going to the doctor, about going to the vet, mm-hmm. and there was a vet a veterinarian's convention <laughs> like in Vegas, and they heard about it, and it was <laughs> so funny. So every night. I was packed with veterinarians. They were like, you we gotta do the bit." We heard they were like, "We play it." We actually play. There was some school, veterinary school. Like, yeah, we play this. At oh, the that's school. cool. Yeah, it was great. It was random. Right, it right. was Like, okay, I got the veterinarians.
1: <laughs> Everybody needs a niche. Yeah, I mean, I did a, a Reno when they're a big. The big bowling tournament was because yeah. the bowling hall of fame is right mm-hmm. there. So it was bowlers every night, and I didn't have five minutes on bowling when I started. Oh, but by, by the, the end, end of the week, week absolutely, I had a, oh, I had absolutely. A on bowling, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> completely, completely random bit of information. You know who loves bowling and is actually a great bowler and owns a semi pro bowling team? Who's that? Terrell Owens. Really? See, the look on your face, Mike. <laughs> I never nev- loves it. Really? Loves interesting. It. I did a, a podcast with him last year. Um, it was a football podcast, and we were talking when, and it just—I don't even know how we got on the topic. But he's a great bowler and loves it. Like he can name professional bowlers. Wow. Yeah, he's that into it. We were like,
2: really? Yeah, loves it. I used—I used to be able to name some in the '70s because he would watch it because growing up in Chicago, it's in the middle of winter. Sure. They would always show in the winter on like Saturdays when nothing else was going. Yeah, on. Yeah, used to be part of Wide World of Sports. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Just laughs>
1: Should. Um, I don't. Who did Trello once pay for?
0: Uh, he paid for Cowboys? Teams. Cowboys. The Mainly the 49ers and the Cowboys. Okay. Yeah.
1: I don't, uh, my listeners, I don't follow sports at all, but I had Terrell Owens as a punchline in one of my jokes for the longest time because my wife used to wear uh, nose strips. Oh. To bed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he was going to bed with Terrell Owens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he
0: trying to get back into the league this year? Yeah. I mean, physically, well, it was a couple of years ago. Physically, he could have. It's just that nobody's going to sign. A 35, 36-year-old wide receiver. No, but to his yeah. credit, he was in shape like he could have played. You know what I mean? Like this this is a guy, he did this diet thing and put up a before and after picture. And we were like, yeah, all my life, I would love to have been your before. <laughs> like your before is was my goal. You know, he went for, you know, it's like going I'm going to go from, Seven percent body fat to three percent body fat. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? Right. That was that the four percent that was slowing you down. Even
2: better. I you know Willie Galt from yeah. the mm-hmm. eighty five Bears. Who? Willie Galt. He was the receiver. One of the Galt? receivers on the Galt, Gault. G A U L T. And uh, he was on the famous eighty five Bears team that uh-huh. won the Super Bowl. And I'm th- so he lives out here. And he was married to uh, I don't know if he still is, but there he was married to a, a woman that I took an acting class with. Mm-hmm. So we went to a party at their house. And Willie is you know is in his fifties now, in better shape than any of us have ever been. Because right. you know, like, I mean, like HBO Real Sports just did a story on the uh-huh. eighty five Bears and like half of them are you know, they got Alzheimer's and, and sure. dementia and like they can barely walk, the fridge can barely walk. And then, but they didn't show Willie Galt who's like doing like track and field events for seniors and he holds <laughs> some records. He's in crazy yeah. shape. Well, he
0: was one of the first track stars to play yeah. football. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, I know he's a big college track star, but he and then there was a gold record on the wall, and I was like, "Why does Willie Golf have a gold record?" It was a it was Super Bowl. I shuffle. was going to
0: say, "What part yeah. did yeah. he Super sing?" Bowl on the Super <laughs> Bowl Shuffle. <Yeah. laughs> all right, let's get back to comedy. Sorry <laughs> you mentioned bowling. I took it a different way. That's all right. Good. Wait,
1: don't worry. I'd be pulling the uh, shoot on sports any second now. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Um, but you said you had a Death and Taxes reminded you of a. Road no, story. Vegas Oh Vegas!
0: of a Vegas road story. And uh, I think it's the only time I've ever been fired. Oh, really? Yeah, back when they used to do, what was it, the Playboy comedy thing at the Palms? Palms. Yeah. It was Paul and I forget the other guy's name who booked it. So Paul had been asking me to do the show for like months, if not mm-hmm. a year, and I just couldn't fit it in. It was right after last comic standing, I was crazy busy yeah. and you know, I couldn't get this. So finally it worked out. We had a weekend and it was like, look, we can't pay you what you usually get paid, but what we'll do is you can come in Thursday, hang out at the Palms, Friday, do some radio, and then do the show Saturday, you know. So I was like, All right, what the hell? And and the Palms, this was this was real world Palms. This it is was a hot of, place. This it is was... when the Palms was the hottest place yeah. in Vegas. Now mind you I'm 20 years older than real world. I don't don't give a shit about who stayed there. I don't, I can get past the rope and go in the elevator to the top floor and it's the last thing I'd want to do. (laughs) So first thing that goes wrong, I get to the hotel on Thursday and the woman behind the counter is uh, like, well, we don't have any rooms. And I'm like, what? And she says, do you have a reservation? I said, no, I don't have a reservation. I have a billboard. Look behind, <laughs> you. because you know how they have the electronic right. screen flash. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, "See that? That's me. I, that's <laughs> can we see ID?" So, there,
1: yeah, there, right, Look
0: there, up. exactly. There. <laughs> so she says, "Well, we don't have a room." Blah blah blah. She says, "Well, we you know we can put you up down the street at the Rio." And I said, "Look, I'm not doing a show down at the Rio at this point." <laughs> I, I picked up my phone, and I don't do this. I'm not the diva or anything, but right. it was it was because of that. We're the the palms attitude that I didn't really want to deal with this shit. You know how Mm -hmm. people, you know, it's funny when people have the rope, like getting across the rope, I meet those guys. I'm like, you know, I play you in movies. Yeah. (laughs) So I usually have no trouble with the rope. But anyway, I didn't want to deal with, so I I call my manager. I'm like, look, man, I'm getting in the car. I'm done. I'm out of here. And he's like, don't leave. I said, I don't need this shit. So somebody calls somebody who calls somebody else. And then she's like, Oh, we did, we found a room. We have a room for you. So I get a room. So the next day we go on radio and I'm telling the story and I'm joking about it. And I said, look, I can't say the name of the hotel. You know, it is a uh, tropical tree, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's, and it's just that, right? Sure. People laugh. Yeah. That's sure, what sure. they do. So Saturday night is the show. So we're doing the show and I open the show and I'm like, look, I'm lucky to be here. I almost didn't have a room. They didn't. I tell the story. Didn't have a room. Say, so, "Oh, I got a." Uh, do you have a resident? No, I got a billboard. Blah mm-hmm. blah. Everyone laughs, you know. And I'm like, you know, I don't need this. And screw the palms. And then I start making fun of the Sacramento Kings because the Maloofs own the Kings oh, and I'm yeah. from LA, right? And I'm like, you know, I can't. Blah 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 blah. Kings suck. Blah 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 blah. Right? <laughs> I come off stage and Paul is standing there like, man, I don't. I you know. And these two guys, it was so funny and so Vegas. Two big guys in black suits are like, you have to pack your things and leave the premises right now. (laughs) And it turned out one of the Maloofs was in the audience Uh, and was just pissed at me making fun of the whole operation. (laughs) Now, I didn't really give a shit because it was funny. Sure, yeah. And And I always said, like, if they were real Vegas, like, if this had happened at the Riviera, They'd have just taken me out back, given me a good beating, mm-hmm. right, yeah. and had me ready for the second show. Yeah, you know, they, there's no reason to cancel the week. And <laughs> the reason I had no respect for them was they didn't cancel the second show. They lied to the people who come because this, you know, came to see me, and they told them that I was sick or this or that. And I'm like, no. If you're if you're bad enough, if you're bold enough to throw me out for making fun of you, at least be man enough to say. We didn't like his ass, we threw him out. Yeah, Or give the people their money back, or something like that, you know. So they took the people's money
2: and did they have a replacement card? Yeah, they
0: had somebody. Some local. Did it, you know. I don't know who did it, but. I and then I was so I was banned from the palms. I was like in the facial recognition software <laughs> where I couldn't enter the premises. Not that I gave a shit, but it was uh, no
1: longer allowed to wear CK1. Right, right, right. So,
0: and apparently they had those kind of issues with a lot of people. Like, apparently Vegas did not like the Maloofs. And you know, my whole thing was like, look, if I do like when I do the MGM. You know why I don't make fun of the MGM? Because I don't know who owns the MGM. Right, right. Like, you want to be a celebrity, you're a target, right? If you want to put your name, because that was when they wanted to be somebody. They were the Maloose. Well, if you want that name, Mm -hmm. you're a target, you know? Yeah.
2: Well, you realize now, it's like when I was at Planet Hollywood, they're owned by Caesars Corporation, which owned that entire block. They own Harrah's, Bally's, Mm -hmm. Bally's. the new there's one called the Cromwell. There there's
0: basically half the strip they own. Right. Well, so if you
2: piss off them, they could. That's the whole half yeah, the strip. They yeah, own. there's only
0: like three casino owners. Yeah, now, there's MGM. You know, I don't, is there's, that Sheldon Addison? No, he has the Venetian and something else, and then the um, Circus Circus group owns Circus Circus and the Excalibur and. New York, New York, and the all Luxor, of that. Yeah, they all own that. all of those. Yeah. And then, like, Mandalay Bay. the MGM, I think MGM and Bally's, and so, you know, there's like three, and then the Wynn, Wynn owns. Yes, yeah. like Wynn four owns a lot. Casinos. But yeah, there's only like five corporate owners now. Of man, of how they, much
1: money do you have to have to own casinos?
0: A
2: lot. Well, man. So Adelson's, like they said, he's like one of the biggest contributors to uh, the Republican
0: It's not man. money. Campaigns. Apparently, it's brains. Because you look at Donald Trump. He's bankrupted three casinos. Yeah. <laughs> so that's more interesting to me. How stupid do you have to be? Honestly, this is a business that people come to you to lose money. They literally come to they you hand you money and with leave. Money yeah. that they say, listen, I've been working all year and saving up so I could lose this while I'm here. And you can't how am I going to turn a profit? <laughs> well, How, how do losing. I keep this running? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got up there.
2: So I got there, it was the day after the Super Bowl, which uh-huh. so is one of their busiest weekends of the year. So sure. now it was, it was kind of dead, especially during the week. I mean, they rely on now in Vegas, the uh, conventions during the week yeah. to save them. The weekends there are fine, <laughs> you know, but if, the, if that convention money dries up and foreign travel and stuff like that, they've overbuilt. You know, yeah. and like I think Caesars just filed for like a Chapter 11 or Chapter 9. It's $200 billion in debt or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez.
0: Yeah. And plus, and also... You and can that's get, just what they paid to Celine Dion. <laughs> right. <laughs> and also
2: you can gamble everywhere in the country now. There's Indy Casinos. Right. There's, you know, so people don't need to go to Vegas to gamble. You
1: know. Um, I, I know I told this story uh, last time. Uh, we talked about Vegas, but uh, the last... I don't know, last time I worked Vegas, I uh, don't know, a few times ago... Um, I met one Pia Zadora. Go on. Hello. And wow. she, in, she invited me back to her show. Hello. <laughs> I didn't go cause I had a show and I'm a married man, but I found out Pia Zadora was the only person to ever share a marquee with Frank, Frank Sinatra. It was Frank Sinatra and Pia Zadora because her husband owned the casino. <laughs>
0: That's believable. Yeah, yeah. I, see, that's the
1: reason. Apparently, that's the reason Pia became so, as big as she was. Well, yeah, yeah. Her <laughs> because husband her was, husband owned like five
0: casinos. Yeah, her husband created her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He created her. But you know, the thing about Vegas though, it's still a ni- over ninety percent occupancy, and Vegas still makes a ton of money. And now they make so much money off of the club scene. The club, those Vegas clubs, well, are like nightclubs, huge. like yeah. all that rain I mean, and it, all that like stuff. Like those DJs, those DJs make. Ten, twenty, fifty thousand dollars a night. Oh, I mean, this I was. They in, are superstars now.
1: I was in Croatia. How much did you make at uh, Sin City this weekend? I did not make that.
0: <laughs> I did not make that. But uh,
2: I was in the Croatia Zerchi Beach in this island in Croatia, and there is like four big nightclubs that are only open in the summer, mm-hmm. right on this beach. And I talk. I met a club owner there, and he is one of these big nightclubs. He brought in this guy who's one of the biggest guys. And I can't David his Guetta. Name. No, a Canadian guy. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't know. But. I would know. Yeah, but, uh, and they brought him in for one night, and he just, only because he happened to be in Europe, he was in London or something, they flew him in for one night,
0: $100,000.
2: Yep. Yeah, $100,000, and he showed up with a laptop. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That's it. That yeah. is the gig, man. and you don't have to speak the language. You right, don't have right, to, right. nothing. Right. This guy flies all over the world. And he had a residency in uh, mm. in Vegas as well. Yeah, that's they,
0: um well, you look at those clubs. It's like a $100 cover charge to get in. Then to get a table, you know, bottle <laughs> service or whatever, usually on the weekend it starts at 1500, 2000 grand. And it go $20 drinks and you know and they fit Two thousand people in the club. so yeah. it is it is major business. That's
1: why you roll with Alonzo, man. He can get you past
0: the, uh, get you past the rope.
1: That's right. <laughs> get you not past at the, the pond. No,
0: not at the pond. Th-
1: <laughs> <laughs> but that
0: is funny. It, like that was, it was funny. That was one of those, you know, you made it moments. Right. I was, uh, we were at um, Mandalay Bay, and they have a hotel in the back called the Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, there's a lounge. Now it's the Delano. Yeah. 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 They changed by, the name. Yeah. There's a lounge up on the 50th floor or something like that, right? So I bump into Rogan, Joe Rogan, because Joe's doing Fear Factor in Vegas. Mm-hmm. And we go to go to the lounge, and they were like, oh, Joe. And then they're like, oh, Alonzo. And I was like, oh, shit, I got in on my name. Like, normally I would be, I'm with <laughs> Joe's Joe. Joe's plus one. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But they, they were like, they recognized me. I was like, all right, all I right. like this. There you know? go. then I got upstairs and strippers were hitting on me I was like yeah you know you're good when strippers start hitting on you because they think you have money
1: right exactly have you ever uh performed at in a nightclub and had to stop the dance floor to perform
0: no not stop the dance floor I've done it before the dance floor yeah but not like that goes a little better Oh, yeah, then, no stopping.
1: Everybody, stop! We're gonna have comedy now. And Get off the, the like bad
2: Hotel bar, and then there was a DJ, and then he'd hand you the mic over the DJ booth. <laughs> then, okay, now it's yours. And, oh man,
1: <laughs> what? Uh, since Vegas is can be such a night. What are some, what are some of your face, uh, favorite places to
0: perform? Uh, Vegas is one of them. Yeah, you I like love, Vegas? I love working in Vegas. There, there was a point where I was working in Vegas six weeks a year. Mm-hmm. Now I do it about four weeks a year. And I love being I love being in Vegas because it's always open. Yeah, so you can do what you want. Like after the show, if you want to eat real food, you can do that, or you can just watch people. Yeah, you know? and <laughs> so I love Vegas. I love Montreal. Just yeah, for yeah last. sure. That's um, one of my top mm-hmm. places. Uh, let me think. Washington D.C. I love D.C. Yeah, smart crowds. The Improv. I love there? doing yeah Improv or Arlington Draft House. Oh, okay. Or whatever. Because if you do topical and political stuff, they know exactly what you're talking about right. because it's them. Yeah. You yeah. Know. <laughs> um.
1: We you're, you're talking Chicago? Are you from Chicago? You're not a Chicago guy, are you? No, I'm mm-hmm. from
0: New York. I grew up in New York. Okay. Did you get started in New York? No, I started here. I started really? in L.A. I often tell people I started in L.A. because I didn't know I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the truth. Wow. What, what What year? When When did you get started? Uh, I started in ninety. Three, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, 93. I've lived out here practically my whole adult life. I'm surprised our paths haven't crossed more.
0: Yeah, I used to be in the aerospace business. That's what brought me from LA, I mean, from New York to LA. Yeah? I worked in aircraft all through the 80s. I worked at like Lockheed and McDonough uh-huh. Douglas. Grumman and, and all those? All of them, yeah. And then um, I was training new people and making them laugh and I took this comedy writing class and mm-hmm. I did an open mic and that's, that was it. That's how I started. Nice. Where, where was the open mic? Uh, well, the first open mic I did was at the old L.A. Cabaret. It used to be in a casino. Oh, Encino. way out in the valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I think that and, thing
1: closed and, down just after I got out here.
0: Yeah. and um, But the first real show I did, like the graduation for the comedy writing class, mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the theater. There used to be a theater in Santa Monica, and it was like between 2nd and 3rd Street. And it was where yeah. they... The A they, they used, used to, to do the, the A list, yeah. right? Oh, the old yeah. Mayfair. The, the old Mayfair A-list. theater. The yeah, the it was, yeah. Mayfair. Yeah, so that was where I did my first show. Wow. It's right
1: around the corner from here. Yeah. Right yeah. up there. Yeah. Wow. I, yeah, getting started here is not. I've had a lot of people talk about getting started here.
2: I know. On the one hand, it was like. Because I remember
1: talking to um,
2: the Italian guy with the. Are you pointing at me? No. <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Sebastian, Sebastian. Maschalko, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, he was from, he grew up, you know, in Chicago, outside of Chicago as well. I think we might have even gone to the same college or something. Oh, really? But he moved out here, and people are going, oh, did you start with like, No, he started out here. And, again, he started from the ground like a doorman at the comedy mm-hmm. store and really and he used to valet park and then right <laughs> go do like park cars and then run to a set and go back to <laughs> in beverly hills parking cars and and so he kind of started out here and the one has back that i always tell people i was really glad i started in chicago because it was really kind of you could be bad yeah you know without anybody seeing and you know you can and we were all really supportive and
1: you could be bad that at the L.A. Stuff. Cabaret. No, no, you
2: could be <laughs> yeah. bad here. There's a lot of bad here, but I,
0: it just seemed like his stage time was so much. It's easier tougher to come to get, by Yeah, it's tougher to get there. stage time here. But the good thing about starting here, what I liked about starting here, is the the comics were good. Like you had to be good. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, and, and especially when you get that rare spot at the Laugh Factory or the Improv. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember one night doing the Laugh Factory. And Chris Rock and Chris Tucker were on the show. Jeez. You know, and and it was like, so I went up like, you know, you do that 1 a.m., 1.30. Uh, I don't know if you know Ruben Paul. Yeah. But Ruben and I used to always joke, we'd always be on, the, like, one of us would be last Comic Friday, and then the other would be the last one Saturday, and we would <laughs> flip on those spots but uh yeah, I always remember that because they were both doing bits about their families asking for money and stuff. I guess uh-huh. is when they were first and I was like, Yeah, if I ever make twenty million doing a movie and complain about my mother asking for money, you guys go ahead and whip my ass and the whole audience just cracked up. It was like, you know. But yeah, I, but you had to be good. That was the that was the thing. The bar was high. I remember those days. I was a doorman at the Laugh Factory uh-huh. and I'd watch George Wallace and Dom Herrera and Damon Wayans, like, every night working on material. And it, that that was school. Yeah. I was mm. like, oh, okay, so you can't you can't stop just because you're, you know, there. Right. Yeah. The
2: one way I was envious, because, you know, I went, I went from Chicago to New York and had to start after seven years of doing road stuff. And then I got to New York and it was like, oh, I got to start from square one again. Right. A piece of shit. And then I come here... <laughs> Oh, I got to start all over again. So I had to <laughs> yeah. like start all over. So yeah, and you had to start once, yeah. and then work your way. And yeah. it's almost like, boy, I'm envious that you, yeah. when and you're younger New York. and hungrier, you can you know go out and do yeah, those yeah. one thirty gigs and just like you'd be into it. You know, right.
0: And New okay. York's another thing because now because now I think that's what comedy is. Yeah, yeah. I really think it's in New York. And if you go to New York, it's I don't know if it's like starting again, but like I would have to. The comics would know me. I don't know how much the bookers and stuff like that. Like I'd have mm-hmm. to get in on the New York scene. Yeah, right right. you
2: got to pass places all over
0: again. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So how long after we uh, were getting out here did you say? Did you head out on the road
0: right away? Oh, smart. Uh, yeah, I got. I uh, well, again, these were the guys I learned from. Like when I look in retrospect, I kind of wish I had spent more time at home. Mm-hmm. But when I started, I was looking up to George Wallace. Dom, sure. Those guys and those guys all did the road, you know. Even even like Chris Rock or Damon or those guys did the road, which led to their TV. Mm-hmm. And so, I just thought, oh, you go on the road and learn how to be good. This is also the early '90s when you know Seinfeld and and um, Tim Allen and Drew Carey. All of those comics are now getting sitcom. Right. So at that time, that was the formula: go on the road and learned, you know, get good, and then you, you get a show, yeah. you know, somehow. <laughs> so I didn't know what was in between the two. I just said, oh, you go on the road, come back, and you get a show. <laughs> oh, yeah. And uh, there was a guy who took me on the road. I was new. I only had like six months in, and he took me out, and we did a loop around Texas Oof. with a guy named C.W. Kendall. I don't know if you remember him, but Kendall used to book one-nighters. This was a road run where the highlight was going to Lubbock, wow that was that was the closer you did a club that was the the people who ran that club i can't remember the names they were the nicest people the club was called froggy bottoms
1: yeah
0: it was in lubbock texas and they were the nicest people and it was like two years later they had me back and i was a closer you know three years three or four years into comedy but but yeah that was my first road run so that was when i learned about the hierarchy because like he flew to texas and i had to drive to texas and pick him up at the airport (laughs) oh sure you know and then drive the loop and we did you know just all kind of places but i did the run later where i was closing and and i'll I'll always remember i was in beaumont at some roadhouse like literally chicken wire stage (laughs) yeah yeah i love it one nighter in beaumont and this guy this Talking shit, and I just tore him up, you know. Yeah. Just, and after the show, be like, about time someone shut him up just because he runs the clan around here. He thinks ah! he could, uh, excuse me, wait a minute, what? He who? He what? Yeah, honestly, he was like the, what is it, the Grand the Dragon or man. of the local clabber Yeah. I made it out. Yeah, you did. yeah. Did you but, get an escort? Uh, to, to uh, no, to no. Scored? I was, I was okay.
1: He was still. He didn't know he could get an escort
0: yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: And plus, it's a one-nighter. I don't think yeah. you can get escorts at one-nighters.
0: <laughs> you got a Ford escort. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that was, um, uh, that was back in the day. But you know, Mike, it's it is true. It's what you said. It was so much fun because you're young and you're hungry and you don't even know better. And you're doing a shit gig, but you don't know it's a shitty gig because no. yeah. you haven't done anything else. the closest I was going to so, get to a
2: rock star. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm on the road, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: doing it. Yeah, so you didn't know any better, so you just did it. You know, you drove a couple of hundred miles every day and did comedy that night. And also then, and, and I missed the boom. Like uh, George Wallace always fucks with me. He says like... Man, you were good. If you had been around in the 80s, you'd have made some money. You know, like, like, I literally timed it perfectly. I started too late for the 80s comedy boom, and I was too old to be a YouTube sensation. Right. Same with so me. I just, yeah, we're same right in the middle to make sure you will never get rich. You'll make a yeah. living, <laughs> but you ain't going to be nobody because you're, oh, you know.
2: Man, I had to hear these stories but, of like, yeah, I started early 90s the same way. And six months after I started.
1: This is my favorite story there for were, Chicago. There were
2: like, when I was starting, there was fourteen full-time comedy clubs between the city and the suburbs and around Chicago. You can get on stage every night; just sign up. You could get yeah. T- and within six months, half of them had closed because <laughs> you forget, and people forget. There was a recession in mm-hmm. the early nineties. There was, um, you know, the uh, the boom had ended. Sure, yeah. there was and way saturation. too many clubs. They had to go. And there was way too many comics, right? But then he had to get in and again hear these stories about middles getting flown around the country, yeah, yeah, making fifteen hundred bucks a week.
1: But I'm even, going, what you, you Carl Carl Lebeau, flew- who's got a house in Malibu in the yeah. late <laughs> the early nineties, like, you guys
2: flew as middles? <laughs> what?
0: But even then, at least we got rooms. Yeah. Like yeah. now, I'm telling you that to, to open or like guys asked me to go open on the road, it's like. I can't take you because they don't give you a room anymore. Yeah, yeah. the money
2: give, hasn't gone up. They don't in give
0: years. the middle, and and you're you're talking fifty to a hundred dollars a day, you know, a show. Now even a hundred is rare. Mm-hmm. $50, 75 bucks a show with no hotel. You can't take someone on the road unless you're a big enough name to demand so, it say, hey, or pay for go. it yourself. I know a couple of people who they're like. They get paid enough; mm-hmm. they pay it for their opener. But it's too bad. I mean, it sucks for it sucks for those comics. Yeah, you know, because they don't get to do that middle well, seasoning.
1: It's also, I think, it's gotten better though in Vegas. But for a while in Vegas, they weren't even taken outside middle acts because there were so many right. comics in Vegas that headliners will middle, and so they that, didn't have to put them up.
2: That's what happened to me this week. the The guy I uh, was working with, uh, John Bazaar.
1: Uh huh. The legend.
2: Yeah, could easily, you know, he could headline if he wants, but he lives there now. So he was doing a late night show at the Rio, like a strip show. Uh-huh. Oh, really? That he was hosting. <laughs> and his wife is also is a comic and is involved with there and books it or something. So he would just take our show because it was one a night and he could be done by nine and mm-hmm. then he could get in his car and go over to the Rio. So he was doing two gigs a night.
1: Oh, but, all right. But, which that didn't make sense. it easy to follow him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> the headliners doing t- yeah, exactly. yeah, just He's, ripping you know, up the room, crushing, and
0: then you know leaving.
1: <laughs>
0: but uh, yeah, you're right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great time, though. I, I definitely, uh, it was school. Yeah. That was school. Yeah, man.
1: Now you're a big dude. Did you, did you mm. get in any scuffles?
0: Never. You know yeah. that that's the um, thing. I can't help who I am. Right? It's, it's like I'm big, but it's not like you know. I, people be like, oh, well, you could just threaten them to laugh. Yeah, when does that oh, ever work? Yeah. When has <laughs> that... Stri- oh, no, people say it. They're like, well, if they don't laugh, you could just beat them up. Really? That, yeah, because yeah, we're Vikings. Yeah, fear, yeah, yeah. And if you don't do as I say, I will kill you with my axe. It is, you know, I used to joke about it early in my career. Now I don't even address it. It just, it is who I am. But but no, they but... The other thing is, I mean, when you're big, people don't start fights with you. Like mm-hmm. you just don't get you know, it doesn't happen. It's not a <laughs> it's not an issue. I joke about it. The bouncer yeah. thing. I've played more bouncers and security guys in movies to where it is a funny thing. And it's like my brother who who's we have a great thing with my career. He's he's very good at like he's a very honest feedback uh-huh. and we joke about what I do and this and that. And they did some movie about security guards, and my brother was like, how are you not in that movie? <laughs> Who's your agent? You know, and, uh, but, you know, it's cool. It's funny to me. And yeah. I, I, I'm not kidding about that, that I've been at clubs and seen those guys. And I'm like, you know, I play you in movies. And some of them, they know who you are. <laughs> yeah. You know, back when we were doing Dublin's, you remember those yeah, days yeah, early? Yeah. Oh, they fun. Dublin's. The thing about working this club every week in Hollywood, every doorman knew us because they used to hang out there. So that was back when you had the standard and you uh-huh. had, you know, all of the velvet ropes, and they didn't. And I could get in anywhere in Hollywood because they knew me from Dublin's. Yeah, know? yeah. And, and I would joke with the guys all the time, like, you know, how much more I get to do you than you get to do you. you know? <laughs> and, and it was all good. But know, um, e- my size e- has never made a difference one way or the other as far as on stage uh-huh. or intimidate. We joke about it because. There's me, then Gary Goldman is six uh, six. He's a little taller. Well, than George me. Wallace is a big they, dude. Yeah. Gary Goldman's the most
1: unintimidating six six person yeah. you'll ever meet
0: until <laughs> he gets mad. Yeah, until yeah, he I've gets. Never I've Gullman's seen I've Gary Gullman's for a, temper, a long but then time. Then you have uh, Brad Garrett. He's like yeah. 6'8". Towers over he's, both of us. He's, yeah, Brad six nine. You know, and we joke about you know the tallest comic and stuff like that, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's never been a uh, never has got
1: to have it though, right? He's got to be the tallest one. Yeah. There's, yeah, that's, that's I worked big. with a
0: guy down in Charlotte who was 6'8. Oh, really? Yeah. Um he was a middle. He was 6'8. He was a tight middle. <laughs> <laughs> He's so big. But those
2: uh Yeah, but I think there's also like uh, it may work in your advantage. I mean, there is a there's
1: a sense of presence when a,
2: well, a big yeah, guy walks that. on that stage. It's like wow. Well,
1: look the look reason the reason I <laughs> ask is I got a buddy named Ian Gatowski who's uh comic out of florida who just moved out here and he's six six kind of bald beard kind of a mm-hmm. big dude and he gets into fights all the time because a lot of people want to a lot of take people down challenge down guy, like we oh, yeah. want to take down the big funny guy we want, yeah. you know we want <laughs> to, and so and where he's working <laughs> it's not the mgm grant yeah, exactly. <laughs> we just, yeah. Uh, we we're talking about those downtown vegas rooms that's probably mm-hmm.
0: where he's getting uh, into fights for 200 bucks yeah, that's a weird uh. No, I never I never had to deal with that. I'll tell you where, you know, and again, just in the vein of road stories, the worst road gig I can remember, through Canada, is called the Investors Group Tour.
1: Ooh. And
0: this was the theory behind it is the Investors Group is like if you think of, I don't know, like uh Solomon Brothers or mm. some big investment company, right? And what they did was they sent a comedy show. They sent three comics to all these little cities, put on a show. Their their salesmen, advisors, whatever, would invite clients and potential clients to the show. They'd laugh, enjoy the show, and then you know you you do that, right? Yeah. Right. So it was booked by the woman who handled the Halifax Comedy Festival, which was is a great festival. I've done that a few times, mm-hmm. and in theory, it's a it's a series of corporate road gigs, you know. And some of them were like in theaters and stuff. It wasn't like you You're know, not
2: in the in the building. You're no, it wasn't. Office. No, you didn't
0: come to the office at lunchtime. These were real shows, man. We got there. That we did the worst. We did the prairies, right? The prairies is the heartland of Canada. It's yeah. where the Canadians don't go. Yeah, right. It's like you started like Winnipeg, Winnipeg, and yeah. work your oh. way north wow. to you know Lefridge and Moose Jaw and Red Deer and all. And they had no tour manager. No drive. There was no one for logistics. Like we were expected to fly into town. Then the the host of the show, this guy was like, "I guess you really need the money." Because he <laughs> would just—he's one of those guys. You, they beat on him, and he would take it with a smile. Oh, and really? Keep going and so he would rent the car, and it's like he rented like a Ford, whatever it is, the smallest SUV. Yeah. to drive six hundred kilometers—it's like we're three grown men. First of all, we're not supposed to be doing this, but if we're doing it, go rent a suburban or yeah, some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. What is wrong? You know, it was—it was horrible. And then the thing that pissed me off—and this was this was the only tour I ever quit—in the middle, when the woman who booked it, we were having some kind of hotel problem, and she was like, "Well, it's not my job." It was like. Well, whose job do you think it, like you booked us. See, because the the company would send somebody if you were in bigger cities. So she figured it was their thing. And it was the worst. We stayed at a hotel in Red Deer. And here's a line I've never had to use with a hotel desk clerk. Excuse me. There's shattered glass in my bed. <laughs> Perhaps we could change the bedding to something without shattered glass. Oh, and man. It, we did one gig at a, at a building that was attached to the hockey arena while a hockey game was being played. Oh, and you yeah. can't compete with hockey in no, Canada. No, not in Canada. That was, <laughs> you know, but it, yeah, it was just a series. I mean, everything about it. Was done. It was like when I joked about that CW Kendall gig uh-huh. or triple runs, or yeah, yeah. it was like that. And it was like you know that was okay when I'd been doing comedy for five, six years. Like I'm 20 years in. I'm uh, you know I'm again not ego tripping or anything, no, no, but man. like I'm headlining. And this and the other thing was we would cross paths now and then with the Just for Laughs tours, oh. which I've done. <laughs> Which couldn't be more first class. Right? Which, like just for laughs, like oh, there's no way to get there. Okay, we'll charter a plane. <laughs> you know, and it's like investors group. Oh, there's no way to get there. Snowshoes. We have <laughs> right. snowshoes. That was uh, the kicker. Is, is the
2: I, investment group
0: investor groups got
1: to have millions? They well, that was millions. the thing. We how we how could want, they be so angry? They're bazillionaires. Yeah.
0: we wanted to talk to the them. investor group because we no we know what happened. This woman who ran the tour. She got a big check from the investors group. They gave her a check for, you know, 100 grand, 150 grand to do a comedy tour. And she just shortcutted and cheaped she everything so she could keep the difference. Oh, and man. we wanted to go to the investors group and say, listen, there's a company called Just for Laughs. You've probably heard of them. Give them your check and watch how great your shows could be. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that, that would, because that's what it was. She was. Um, yeah, I've never worked for her since. I would never work for her again. And I've warned people away from the tour, uh-huh. and people have thanked me. They were like, "Yo, man, thanks," because I found out, you know. And and the, the worst thing, we weren't at the bottom. They had another two guys on tour for the cities too small for us to go, and they were in a a car driving across Canada in November. Oh, <laughs> it was like, man, good luck. Oh. Guys.
1: So was that lady a booker?
0: So yeah, she took on. She, she took that. On, oh, okay. She was. A she was booker. acting like a booker. I was like, yeah. she. She adapted pretty yeah, well. She, she was a booker. A no, booker. she didn't work for the investors. Group. Okay, I it was. You know, sometimes these places buy a comedy show from mm-hmm. somebody, and that person can. You know, you know, we've all encountered it where the booker takes half the money, yeah, yeah. and then splits up the other half between three comics, mm-hmm. and you don't. You, the thing is, you're on a comic, and you don't know about it, right? You know, but then you want to tell the buyer like you. And I've seen that happen. I've seen the buyer where, wait a minute, you paid how much? Yeah, like they find out that they are getting yeah. ripped off. You know. It's yeah, like, man. Gosh.
1: Yeah, that, and bookers will do that too. They'll come in and undercut.
0: Yeah, uh, the, the other booker. They'll come in and undercut another well, booker. That's what bonkers booker. does. That's bonkers. Oh, is that what bonkers. Does? Yeah, there used to be some good gigs in uh, like the Midwest. Like, in, boy, I can't remember the name of the place. It was these. It's a there's a few of them. There's one in Pittsburgh, there's one in Indy and it's like this entertainment place. Like it's Dave and Busters for sure. grown ups. Yeah, so they, right, like right, on yeah. one floor they have a nightclub. On another floor they have like rock and roll bowling and uh-huh. pool and then and they would have a comedy club. There were a few of them, and they were paying nice. It was like a two thousand dollar one nighter. Oh you know, wow. which which is great. You yeah, know that's which awesome. is great. You wonder man, bonkers came in. It's, now that that gig pays 500 bucks for all three comics. Oh, yeah. They were like, hey, these people don't know any better. Why are you giving them a good comic? Right. Get, get them a rookie. You know?
1: That's what I, I will refrain from saying her name. But she was uh, my good friend of ours. And we all know her was headed out to do these uh, this uh, gig out in, let's say, Nevada, this casino in Nevada. And she was calling me on the way out. And I'm, and she's going like in two days. And I'm like, so what are you doing? Where are you working this weekend? And I'm like, oh, I'm in town. I'm at Bray or whatever. She's like, oh, I'm going to do this. And I go, you know, somebody just took over. He's like, oh yeah, he he he's the one who called me. I'm like, you know who he undercut?
0: Yeah. What are you know ma- exactly? What are you making? Exactly who you're talking about? <laughs> and <laughs> where?
1: And I asked. I'm like, what do you? I'm like, what are you making? And she was headlining and making less than what the opener was making the week oh. before, and yeah. she canceled. Mm-hmm. She canceled. I mean, people like I don't know, man. They just. I I hate to sound cliche about bookers, but they're they're in it for the money, man. They don't, you know? How many times have you been to a done, and you've met audience afterwards, and they've been like, man, this is my first show. This is my first comedy show. This was yeah. great. Oh, I can't wait to come back. You know. Now think about all the shitty bookers who are undercutting and putting up crap comics, where people are like, "I'm never going to a comedy show again." Well, which is one of the reasons so. the '80s, you know, boom crashed. Yeah. You know, there was just so many. Everybody thought
2: they could be in the booking business, right? And open up everybody with a Chinese restaurant said, "We're going to do comedy. It's the hot thing." <laughs> yeah. And they people saw a lot of bad shows. Yeah. A lot and of
0: everyone shows. thought they could be a comic. That that was the and other. That's the other thing. If you talk to a the lot the of comics, bad comics, a lot of bad. If you talk comics. to the comics around in the transition, say they were around in the 80s through the mid-90s, they say, look, thank God it got tight because it got rid of all the used car salesmen mm, and the right. this and that, who said, oh, I can be a comic. And they were getting paid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, And uh, they all, and they said, you know, after that, by like 95, it was like, okay, now you got to be funny again. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you, and you brought him up earlier
1: since you started in Los Angeles, did you ever do any triple runs?
0: Yeah, yeah, I did a triple run. Uh, I went...
1: Again, I, I know my listeners have heard us talk about, but I've got listeners all over the basically the world. So let me explain what a Tribble run is. It's a series of one nighters in the Pacific Northwest. And the booker's name, name Dave, is David Dave? Tribble, okay. and they're they're infamous. They're infamous. I never did those. No, in, you well, know, I, I did Chicago. the Midwest Virgin. Yeah, I did yeah.
2: the, uh, the you know Tom Sobel. Tom Sobel. And, uh, I've done Sobel. And <laughs> the Michigan what's to the um, the Michigan guy.
0: I don't know the Michigan guy. Um. I'm trying Joder. to. Remember. John Yoder. Oh, John is, yeah. oh, but he's Yoder. Yoder. Yeah. Yoder edited those. Yoder is all over. Those. Now. Yeah, Yoder's all over. Nationwide. Yeah. Oh, is he now? Yeah. yeah I, he wanted, I still do Grand Rapids for Yoder. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, yeah.
1: He wanted to send me to Maine for $250. Maine? And, like the next night. It's like, can you be in Maine? Yeah. For $250. Yeah, you bucks talk the next about night? like
2: putting in your, you know, when you're starting out, you're willing to do anything. Me and like two other guys drove from Chicago to Louisville to uh-huh. audition for Sobel at the Funny Farm in louisville on a tuesday we drove five hours it was about five hours we did our sets each did five minutes turned around and drove wow back. love it yeah that's what you do then. that's yeah, what yes. you do oh
0: and yeah 20s, that's the I, job. yeah
1: we got to do it
2: yeah man and we know. ended
1: up getting work out of it yeah
2: so. i was gonna
0: say that one and that one i have no beef with those guys no, yeah. because that's part of the job and and you know the thing about it is they also book higher-end corporate stuff this mm-hmm. and that and if they know you and stay with you get some of it but yeah, tribble runs, people talk about them because if you're in the West, it's kind of like a rite of passage, yeah. like you have to do a <laughs> yeah. tribble run. So we went from L.A. Who'd you the, go with? The, oh, I'm trying to remember. I cannot remember the comic's name. But our first gig was Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Then we did somewhere in northern Utah. We basically worked our way up to Montana. Okay, And then we did, like, Missoula, Montana, Bozeman, or whatever. That was the first time I met real rodeo cowboys. (laughs) Like, you know, you talked about developing a bowling bit. Like, I developed a whole bit about... Because these guys, I did admire them. They were, like, crazy badass, you know, riding bulls and stuff like that. But anyway, we did that. Then you go across Washington State. You go through, you know, Spokane. Spokane, oh, yeah. uh, Some some of those casino gigs in the mm. middle of Washington and you finish now
1: this is every night this isn't yeah, every this night isn't a weekend and then you do it the city. next week this yeah, is it's, no it's you're working a, it up every night it's about
0: a 10 day to 2 week run and every night's a different city yeah and it ended in Seattle and then I had to be in in um, something in Pasadena i think it was doing the ice house like a day later because I didn't realize how far it was from Seattle to L.A. So it was like. <laughs> you were going to drive from Seattle? Oh, I did. I had to drive like 19 hours yeah, straight yeah. just to get, you know. But again, you do it because you don't know any better, and right. it's, it's what you do. But yeah. yeah, I've done I've done Tribble runs. I've done Yoder stuff. I've done Sobel. Sobel had, what was it, like I-70 or so. There was like an interstate that Sobel booked everything on. Yeah. It. Maybe it was I-35 or something, but it went... Apaches, R- really, all on the highway. It went from north to south all along this particular interstate. Sobel booked one-nighters.
1: So it would be so, like a, a Ramada a Ramada Inn and then down yeah, uh, yeah. a bar and then down right. down it. to the caravan in Louisville. And the
0: other guy who I did gigs for like that uh, was Bob Zaney.
1: Oh, Zaney used to... Zaney had, Baby. California. Baby. Yeah, Zaney
0: had California gigs like that. Like I remember there was one in... Um, Victor is it Victorville yeah Sure, Victorville when you're heading to Vegas and there was maybe one in Bakersfield and then there was you know <laughs> you'd work your way up California doing zany right things. I didn't know he booked a bunch of one night I gotta get zany on here you got to I haven't know. I can I, I I you do a con you can't do a road story <laughs> I know man I haven't zany. seen him in baby I haven't baby. seen him. I, haven't, I probably haven't seen Bob Zany in eight years I see it I still bump into him he has he has his podcast yeah on Sideshow Network, where I have mine. Yeah, yeah, I was. Who's at a, paying attention on Sideshow Network? Just uh, is that a plug? plug? All right, <laughs> Sideshow's uh, right down here, right? It's, yeah, he has one there, but I still bump into Bob. Yeah, on the road and stuff. He does a lot of Bob and Tom okay. shows, and that makes he, sense. He does some. Uh, I did a, some casinos for him. He had some of those midwestern casinos, mm-hmm. like in Missouri or something like that.
1: Did he have the casino out here? Do you have a casino? IR? because I opened I for him at a casino once. I don't no know, idea. and I remember it was around Easter, <laughs> and he brought out an Easter basket with the green grass in it, and he says, "This is this is why you never buy weed from the uh, from the Easter Bunny." <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I saw. you're always posting? Um, are you doing jazz cruises?
0: Man, that's my. I might say it's my favorite gig. I want to hear about them. this. Uh, How did you get involved? In well, you must be a fan. I'm a big fan. It's it's uh, the company's called Entertainment Cruise Productions, and they do. It started with the smooth jazz cruise, which is basically the artists you hear on the wave, like um, you know Marcus Miller, Gerald Albright, (laughs) Kenny G.
1: Kenny G, George
0: Benson, nah, Kenny G. Nobody could afford Kenny G. Oh, all right. People laugh at Kenny G. Kenny G's worth like half of. Oh no, you know, I, I was own. just, I was sure. just saying the type Kenny, of. Kenny G's like, yeah, you laugh all you want. I own half of Starbucks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I respect.
1: He's Kenny laughing G. out the side of actually, his mouth and playing out the other met side. Him.
0: He's actually a. Uh, he's not a bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's, he's pretty cool. But anyway, um, I do like the music. I like jazz. And a friend of mine was a percussionist in this guy Warren Hill's band. Mm-hmm. And Warren Hill was hosting this jazz cruise. And so my, he was looking for a comic. So my buddy gets me the gig. And halfway through the show, I start making fun of the musicians because I had never met them. And it's weird to see who they are versus how they sound. You know, it's one of those things, you know, like, like there was a guy, Kim Waters, and I've always heard Kim Waters. I always thought it was a woman. right? Like, Kim Waters is a man? You know, so, so I'm cracking on him, and they loved that. Uh-huh. They, so I just fell in. The guy who runs the cruises was like, you're my guy. And then as his business expanded, he would just put me on more cruises. So he... He has one that's like a traditional jazz cruise, mm-hmm. like I just did this one, and it's it's the old, more old style with guys like Arturo Sandoval, and, sure, yeah, um, Christian McBride's on it, and just mm-hmm. a lot of guys who come from the sh- what they call the straight ahead jazz world. Mm-hmm. And then he partnered with Time Life. Now, Time Life owns all these music libraries. You know, late right. at night you see these commercials. Well, they wanted to do cruises, so they did like. Now I don't do all of them. But they did like a malt shop cruise where it was uh-huh. like the do yeah, 50s guys. Sure, yeah, yeah. And they did a, a country cruise, which they asked me to do. I was like, yeah. Yeah. You, know? yeah. I, I actually <laughs> you hooked, told them the chicken wire story. I hooked up Reap. I, I hooked Reap up. I was like, I can't do oh, it. Oh, Reap's perfect. I got a yeah, guy. Yeah. I yeah, got yeah. a guy, who, and they love him. Of course, bet, man. And I do the Soul Train cruise, which I'm doing oh, that'd that'd be great. next week. Oh, it's phenomenal. But the great thing about doing a cruise is, besides the fact it's not a regular cruise gig, right? It's not, you know, you get the cabin under the ship and blah, blah, yeah, blah. No. Yeah. I get a Don't regular talk to the cabin passengers. with a balcony. I interact with everybody. <clears throat> they treat me, you know, they treat me great. But I get to meet and hang out with these musicians. Like, you know, when you're at dinner with Patti LaBelle, uh, when, you're, when you're talking to Gladys Knight, when you're meeting Earth Wind and Fire, like they had me interview War, really, you know, sh- stuff like that, and it's like I love these guys. Uh, yeah, never, man. You never think you're going to meet them, yeah, much less hang out with them. And then because I'm the only comic, you know, and there's a, there's an old saying that every comic wants to be a musician, mm-hmm. every musician wants to be a comic. <laughs> so it's instantly like, oh, you're cool. You're, right, you're right. you know, you, and and there are things I didn't realize, like when I was talking to War. War sold fifty million records. Yeah, wow. I, like when they started playing, I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that song." Yeah, I remember. Oh yeah, I remember every song you just did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it's like that's how big they are. And you, but that's yeah, I love doing those. Well, how well, many that's shows great. a week are you doing? On, on... I do two shows a week, and then I I like do some interviews and some hosting. And I was
1: going to say, do you do any MCing like up that? there
0: for the... the 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 thing about my second show, my second show, I have to make up that week. Because the same people come to the show. Oh, yeah. So oh, right. The, so the and first show, every year. I can do material and this and that. But the second show, and I, I mess with the musicians all the time. I'm like, wait a minute. You just played a song that Miles Davis wrote in 1957, and they think you're a genius. <laughs> I can't do a joke I did Monday. Right. That's yeah. old. Like, oh, you doing that again? You know? Yeah, so. right. Heard it. Yeah. Miles. <laughs> Heard it. Turn around. We're yeah, talking at, to you. I tell them, at no, at no point can I be like, all right here's a little thing eddie murphy used to call ice cream man like i, <laughs> yeah. I can't do that you know i don't get to do that so it, it's cool from a creative standpoint though i love it uh-huh. and especially on a jazz cruise it's great because jazz musicians improvise sure so the first time i did it they were like oh man that was a jazz set you just improv that whole thing because i'm literally just i'm making fun of the ports and, the right, ship, yeah. and i'm doing crowd work with people in the crowd and uh Love it! Abs- those are those are a blast. You are preaching to the choir over here, man. Mike Siegel and I are
1: big music fans. Yeah. We are totally digging that scene, man. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be, be, be such a sweet gig. And There's the other a lot thing is
0: funny, especially with the Soul Train. This will be my last one because they dissolved the partnership, and I work for the guy who owns the cruises. Like I'm not booked, so oh, Soul God. Train is continuing to go. But as Time Life, and they're going to bring their other comics and this and that. But they Reap. used to tell me, yeah. they used to tell me how many comics wanted my job. Yeah. They were like, oh, man, yeah. you get, you know, sometimes they'd show me emails. They're like, yeah, man, a lot of guys want your gig. And I was like, oh, I know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's what why is, I'm going to do two shows and they're going to be great. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> what
2: does Patty LaBelle wear to breakfast? That's what I want to know. <laughs> how long does that take to get ready? Uh, how, let me how long tell you long she t- When t-
0: you're in the presence of Miss Patty, that's how everyone who works for her. You <laughs> call her Miss Patty. That's Miss Patty? Everyone who oh, works that's for great. her, that's how they refer to her, Miss Patty. You, it was a weird thing. You're like you're aware you are around royalty. Yeah, she's very nice. Sure. No ego or anything, but you're aware. Like this is Patti LaBelle. This is a real diva. This isn't one of these, Makeshift. you know, MTV. Yeah. Diva. this is a diva. This diva is somebody that came out of uh, Right. No, this no, this, this is, is somebody who's been doing this shit for fifty years. Earned and it. Will, Pull out a microphone and blow you away, so yeah. you respect miss Patty, but she was she was nice she, yeah and, and Gladys Knight is uh, she's hilarious, she's yeah, a sense really. of humor, and she cooks that's her thing. Her son runs her restaurant in Atlanta, she has a couple of restaurants, and she said that you know sometimes she goes to the restaurant and just cooks, and I was like, well, if you see that, like if you ordered. <laughs> Something and you see in the kitchen Gladys Knight cooked it. You can't eat it now, <laughs> right? You have to save it. You have to put it under glass. Like, yes, this is my this is my meatloaf si- that Gladys Knight yeah, made.
1: Get her ah. to sign your meatloaf. Yeah, that's what you under, want. Yeah, you know? man. I, is there not a better song than Midnight Train to Georgia? Yeah, I love oh. her voice. Oh, oh, and she, the back of the pips she never gets on that put up man. there
2: With like all the best vocal. I mean, she's you know everybody knows her and she's famous and yeah, successful. Yeah. But I mean, as a vocalist, she never. I don't think she gets enough respect. In oh, that, as as like the solo artists get, you know what I mean? Sure, but man, she can
1: belt. She got some yeah. pipes. Oh, man. she's phenomenal. I, and love
0: the, and I always still, loved her voice. Yeah, still has her voice. Some people, you know, they've fallen off a little, mm-hmm. but others. Sure. I'll tell you, the last Soul Train cruise, the highlight for me, Morris Day.
1: Yo oh, yeah. Hasn't
0: lost a step. Really? Hasn't still hilarious. Still like knee length leopard skin no. jackets. Did, Not yeah. Jerome. The Jerome clothes, come up with a
2: mirror and he oh, did, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> did the clothes. He got a new Jerome. Oh,
2: he got a new got Jerome, a new Jerome. Jerome too? That's Awesome. You know,
0: and uh well, you know, Jerome went on to be this big time producer, Jimmy he Jam was... and Terry Lewis.
1: Oh, was that uh... Yeah,
0: that's who that yeah, that's who that was. Wait, wow. Jerome
1: it was Jimmy Jam? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, or
0: he worked with them, or, or he something. Them? He okay. was involved with that, so he he ended up going into that. All right, okay. but uh, yeah, Morris was still. He just
1: holds the mirror for Jimmy you know, Jam.
0: Wasn't I, Jimmy
2: Jam and Terry Lewis weren't they in the band? In Morris's band, they or might they at have least been. produced
0: they the music. They came from that. That was that whole sound of Minneapolis, yeah, Minneapolis Prince yeah, era. Yeah. Prince. and they ended Purple up Ring. producing like all of Janet Jackson's hits mm. and a ton of stuff, you know. But yeah, man, Morris Day, because it was one of those. Oh, like, I had the Ice Cream Castles you know, cassette. Yeah, it was one of those. He's going to be on, and you're like, man, I hope you know. I hope he doesn't disappoint. I right. hope it's what it used to be it was absolutely what it used to be. And it was, man, people were going nuts. I bet, yeah, man. That was very cool. Oh, that, makes ha- that makes
1: a, me happy. I'm
2: surprised he wasn't a bigger star than he was. Like, he could have made it in movie. He was a charismatic guy. Yeah. yeah. He was great in Purple Rain, and I thought he was going to be in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like, if he I, you had, know, Ice Cube's acting. Yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah, why
0: yeah. Morris Him and been. Prince had a fallout That's over That's what I something. heard. Yeah. They had, like, a big fallout. Mm. And I think... I think you get on Prince's bad side. Especially, you know who's gonna get you know. Yeah, you know see who's who are gonna keep. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. especially in that era and in that scene. Yeah,
0: and, yeah.
1: Well, hey, Alonzo, man, I can't thank you much for uh, for tooling over this the hill. This was very to come cool, over, man. Buddy. Thank I you. I appreciate it. Uh, where can we catch you? What's
0: going on? Um, We're gonna, you're gonna if you're coming up this the jazz weekend.
1: <laughs> tour. If you're yeah, on the this jazz weekend, boat.
0: I'm gonna be at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, in Jersey. New Jersey, doing um, Vinny Brand. Val- yeah, doing wow. Valentine's Day weekend with Vinny. Oh, this will go up
1: after Valentine's
0: Day. And then, oh, this Sorry. will go up after? okay it's
1: Sunday night. Let's go up to 15th. So,
0: Oh, okay. So well, you're, you're doing your Sunday show. i got show. the cruises coming up. I'm, I'm going to be on the Soul Train Cruise and the Smooth Jazz Cruise. And when I get done in March, when I get back to the real world, I'm going to be at Bananas in mm-hmm. Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, March 13th and 14th. The following weekend, I'm going to be in Baltimore. And then I'm going to end March, start April at the MGM Grand with nice. Brad Garrett's Comedy Club. Awesome. So you can always find me at Alonzobodencom and Twitter and Facebook at Alonzo Bowden. I use my or, real name like no one's looking for me. Yeah. <laughs> the only one I have a fake name on Instagram, I use zo Funny For some reason, somebody took my name on Instagram. Oh, really? So getting your name back is is.
2: Were they holding a hostage? Well, people take your
0: name because they want you to pay them to get your domain. So I contacted Instagram and they're like, okay, well, you have to scan your ID and then email it to us at some email address that never seems to go through and then they have to verify who you are and blah, blah, blah. So I just go with the nickname on Instagram.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, back uh, the nerds, back in the yeah. day just started buying you remember like they bought up madonna.com they yeah, bought like up all these things all these domains and they, they would... just made money selling them to back to the back to the artists. mike siegel uh thanks for coming in coming to the co-host spot i know you're in between gigs you just got back That's from great. vegas and you're heading out to zanies in uh, chicago
2: is that right yeah this comes out the 15th yeah 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 so this week i'll be at zanies i'll be doing tuesday wednesday the 17th and
1: 18th downtown zanies and then thursday through saturday in st charles okay great That's um awesome. I guess this comes out Sunday. I just had a great week at Brea. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> yeah.
2: You were great, by oh, the way. thanks. Wow, it was Valentine's nice, Day show. It's funny always,
1: stuff. Man. I always do well on the Valentine's Day shows. <laughs> uh, 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 t-shirts at s Merchandising, the Road Stories T-shirts, they're there. Uh, hit me at Murray V on Twitter, or like us on the Facebook page. Uh, I put, you know, I'll probably... Uh, For this show, I'll probably throw some uh, Gladys Knight up there or some Patti LaBelle uh, to get you into the mood for this episode coming up next week. Old school R&B. Sure, man. Um, And at Moravian on Twitter is what I said. And uh, oh, if you haven't written a review on iTunes, write us a review. Alonzo hosts a podcast. Uh, He'll let you know. Reviews really do help out your stats, and and it's good. And I really appreciate all the five stars I've been getting. I
0: have a Um, uh, podcast called Who's Paying Attention, and it's me doing like, my take on news stories uh-huh. and this and that, but it's it's commentary. It's not funny. Right, right. That's the biggest comment I get. This isn't funny. <laughs> this isn't funny. Well, I think you should change
1: the title. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't funny. They're going to Instagram. <laughs> I'm going to have to disagree there's with a, the Zo funny on the Instagram. There's an idea. There's an idea. <laughs> That's going to be in
0: my new podcast, This Isn't Funny. Zo <laughs> so Not Funny. And then people who listen to it and they say, Hey, that wasn't funny. You know, they'll be mad yeah, at you. Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be funny because he called it, This Isn't Funny. <laughs> right
1: there in the title. Uh, Hey, come see these guys when they come to your town. They're great. Thank you guys for doing this. I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you guys next week. All right. Thank you.
0: You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, and fights, candle flights,
2: running with the runs and Blacklists, bounce checks, great a Bachelorette Drunks <laughs> in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more, missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, keys, vagina, fists, your cell phone is gone One big
1: law and order Marathon